Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we go see a new movie and then we talk about it. But not this week. Yeah. This week's going to be a little bit different. I'm Jack Kolodzewski. I'm Robert Anderson. Oh, are you sleepy, Robert? I'm taking a, a big deep breath. You're going to need it for this one. Yeah. Take a, take a second. Just, just chill out. And if you're at home listening to this, just take a second. You know, if you're driving in the car, keep your wits about you, but relax. Just you know, chill. let your shoulders relax a little bit, you know, just kind of scooch into your seat a little bit. If you've got a beverage, crack it open, whatever, whatever kind of, uh, you know, accoutrement you want. Yeah. Put the umbrella in it, whatever. Whatever. Anything. Yeah. Uh, and take a deep breath because Robert and I have mm. both watched Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. But, uh... And we're here to talk to you and to each other. About it. I'm sure we'll do a few bad Italian accents throughout the thing. Maybe we'll a little, maybe, you know. A little bit of yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Go, go, go. You know? Yeah. Whatever. Um, I am very excited to watch this one. We did this one a little bit different. You were excited to talk about this one. You already watched it. I was excited to watch this one. Yes. Now I'm excited to talk about it. Yes. Um, because we did this one a little bit different. If you are a fan of the show, we you know that we usually watch the movie and then immediately talk about them, um, yes. hence the hotness of our takes. Spicy. This week, the takes are a little bit cooler because we've had some time bit. to dwell. I'll say I have not talked to anyone else about this movie other than, like, I think I talked to Bernadette about it-ish. Okay. Uh, still kept it pretty light on the chattiness of it. I've kind of... I have... Uh, You've been chomping at the bit In, in my it. place of work, I've kind of just been the annoying guy all week that's like, have you seen The Irishman yet? You watch Can the we Irishman talk about yet? The Irishman? You have, watch you, have you had seven days to, to watch The Irishman? Yeah, um, it's seven I'm, days trying, long. I'm trying to talk about The Irishman right now. Right. Anybody, anybody, uh, anybody, anybody trying to do that? Yeah. Um, because uh, I don't know about you, Robbie. I don't really like this movie. I, I liked I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. Um, but I definitely liked it. Mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, the the spectacle of it, the what goes into making this mobster epic, as it's been called. Yes. Uh, I'm very into that. And I will say, like, you know, it took a while for the film itself to get its hooks in me. Uh, the first half, I wasn't sure if I was totally into. And mm-hmm. then by the... Once they introduced Jimmy Hoffa, that's, okay. that's really when I started to sink in and get into it. Well, speaking of that, for those who don't know, The Irishman is the new Martin Scorsese film starring Robert De Niro... Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, along with uh, a, a, a pretty, pretty, pretty stacked cast. There's, of a, there's one cameo I want to and talk actresses. about. Yes, <laughs> will yeah, I know yeah. the one you're talking about, um, and we'll get to it. But that's sure. that's in spoiler territory. It that, is in spoiler that territory. Um, it is very much feels like you know Scorsese reflecting on his body of work as a whole, and especially you know De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci. Being kind of, you know, what you almost think about is kind of like those, that like kind of classic era of mobster, gangster sure. movies. And Probably it stands to mention also that this is based off a book called uh, I Heard You Paint Houses. Yes. Um, Much better title, in my opinion. We can maybe... Better than Irishman? Yes. Oh, I disagree. Uh, no, I think that is a phenomenal title. Frank, we'll, talk about, uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. I, I can see, I mean, you know. Uh, was it Frank? Uh, the 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 lead would agree with you, yeah, because he fought to keep that title of the book. Uh, oh yeah, we can talk about we it. We talk about it, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it is um a little bit interesting this movie mm-hmm. um because it got a very limited theater release and was primarily released wide on Netflix. So right. that is why Robbie and I have already watched this movie and have had I've had a, a week. To think about it, you've had a little less time, right? I watched it in installments, um, so I've had a little bit of time after each chapter for me to think about it. Mm-hmm. I still think, personally, that's a little bit sacrilege. Uh, sure. I'm not, I'm not down with this, this chunking up this movie. However, well, I, I also, mean, admittedly, had to, was more or less forced to take breaks while yeah. I was watching this. I watched this. Last Sunday. You watched it in one day. I watched it in one day, but I had to take some breaks to take care of some stuff. I wish more than anything that I had the opportunity to watch this in a theater where I was kind of more locked in. I will say I have a a hard time watching things 
at home sometimes, uh, which I know is a weird sense to say. When I'm in a theater, it's so much easier for me to zero in and focus on the things. There's the no biggest distractions. Thing there's, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and other people who, who say they have problems focusing in the theater, I don't really understand. When it comes to watching something at home, when it comes to watching something at home that's three and a half hours long, uh, for me, having the breaks and time to kind of meditate on things, I think, uh, I don't know if I would have enjoyed this movie as much as I did without watching it the way that that's I did. That's fair enough. And I also think, you know, in the era of the streaming service that we find ourselves in now, where a lot of people are experimenting and toying with the idea of how they release things, and did they put it all out at once, did they do it week to week, and that we haven't found a right or wrong answer to it, I think that's just it, where there isn't a right or wrong answer to it. When you're in the comfort of your own home, it that's, is your it is your that's, time, that's your it domain. is your way to do things. Yeah, so and however you choose to absorb it, I think is the right way. If that's... Like you said, if that's a more enjoyable way for you to watch the movie, then by all means, sure. that is how you should enjoy the movie. Um, this movie's long as fuck, though. It is long as fuck. Yeah. Um, I think that's been kind of a lot of the big conversation around this movie, aside from like, you I mean, know, it, actually it discussing the movie. It clocks in at like three and a half or three it's hours. It's three and a half 40. hours. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's more not, than three and a half. It's between three and a half and four hours. It's longer long. than Wolf of Wall Street. And if you remember when you watched that movie in the theater, just think about that. This is one of those movies that is, again, it is a, for those, who, again, who don't know, it is about the, the, um, the, the man who, I don't want to say too much, but is closely related to Jimmy Hoffa. It's he was, he it's, was involved in, in, uh, you know, mob life at the time. He's like the muscle of the mob in that era of like 19... 19- 60s, 1970s, kind of like when you hear about crime, when you hear about JFK, when you hear about all the kind of syndicates that's going on, he's kind of the common thread, Frank Sheeran, and he's also the muscle. Right. He is... He, he's, he's a hitman. He's a hitman, essentially. Yes. And, but the thing is, like, you know, he's kind of beloved by many different factions because he's a very good tool for them. Right. Um, and also, he seems like a nice guy. And Unless he, you know, kills you. Sure. <laughs> and so much about this movie is really taking a look at the life of a man like that involved in, in something like that. Where do they and, come from? Where do they end up? Right. And, yeah. and, and it's very reflective. And I think the kind of meta text of the movie is also partially Scorsese and these, these, the, the lead actors kind of reflecting on their own sort of personal lives and careers. Yeah. And I agree with that. it is very, you know, there, it, again, very long movie. And I think the length of this movie allows for a lot of deep exploration um, and a lot of kind of different, you know, it, it is about Frank Sheeran's life um, and that period of his life. And it stretches a very long time. Yeah. Um, and because it stretches so much time, you do get sort of like tonal shifts. Um, but overall, it's kind of a solemn look back at, at uh, that kind of a life and, you know, the repercussions of that kind of a life and maybe the regrets of that kind of a life. And I think in yeah. that way, it is a very, very powerful study of a man like that. Um, and, uh, and again, the metatextual kind of considerations of like Scorsese's career as yeah. well. I mean, it's a bit of a sunset on like the mobster movie. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of, you know, I, I think it's, it's a reflection of genre Um Funny enough, like the the Scorsese movies that I've seen are not really like mobster heavy. Like I've seen Wolf of Wall Street, and that like sure you can maybe equate that to like some level of like mob ish, but it's really about like you know Wall Street fat cats things like that. And right. I've seen like Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy, which are like very those are not mobster movies. Right, those are very like kind of different movies. So like you know I don't immediately for for my uh, experience with um, Martin Scorsese, it's not always like kind of mob. Movie related. Mine either. And I yeah. personally uh, am not just – I'm just generally not into that genre very much at all. I've never seen The Godfather. I've yeah. never seen Goodfellas. I've never seen a lot of like – It's the, not the a, movies that, that most most people in our like kind of film circle would be like, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? It's Go home and watch that movie right now. It's not a genre that speaks to me either. But I do think this movie does speak to me. I think that as a, as a kind of like epic – I think it also like – Maybe has opened the doors yeah. to those. I feel like now I could watch some of those other movies that we mentioned and, and kind of like get them a little bit I more than I could have. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, the strengths of this film is is the performances, you know. Absolutely. And I think there are some like real criticisms to be to hold the film to. Um, you know, there's a really good Billy Eichner, uh, Billy on the Street, 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 uh-huh. a really funny tweet. There's this meme going around that's like, 
say something that you would say during sex that you can I, also say during this movie. I'm already tired of that meme. I'm already uh, ready to move Yeah, but you don't like, you don't like culture. No, no, you I don't like, like meme culture. Listen, I like, hey, I made a tweet this morning that was, I'm going through my timeline every day when I wake up and liking every single Irishman-related tweet. So, this Billy Eichner tweet, so again, the, the meme is, say something that you could say during sex and also during the Irishman, and Billy Eichner, a gay man who has a web series called Billy on the Street that just came to Netflix and check that out. He's supporting us. Uh, it says, uh, <laughs> there are no women here. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, yeah I did see no, that's actually, a, that I is a, that. that is yeah. a... That's kind of like my strongest criticism against the movie. Um, I'm not sure how much time there really is to discuss that. I would like to get into that in spoiler territory Absolutely. because I think that is a valid criticism, although I think it's partially what the movie is getting at yeah. in a way. Um, and I think, you know, it, it is it, – it, these are – Going back to kind of what you were saying about like, you know, the kind of sunsetting of this sort of movie, like mm-hmm. this is this genre. So you're seeing in real time, you know, I mean, we have clearly moved past that kind of era of, of organized crime as right. it exists in this movie. Not to say that there is not organized crime still. No, ongoing, it just but is it's, probably a different shape that we don't have the reflection on. It's yet. a lot. It's a lot yeah. different now, I think. Um, and you're also seeing, you know, kind of the sunsetting of, of career, like Joe Pesci has been retired for something like 10 years he came out of retirement for this they movie asked specifically. Him, I think 50 or more times to yeah. get him and to I'm this movie. really fucking glad that he did he's so good um, the performances in this movie are fucking nuts they're out of out of control it's insane and um, whether you know I, I feel like the elephant in the room is a CGI discussion around it we'll, and we'll, we yeah, should yeah, talk we'll about come it. back to that yeah. too yeah but my point here is like you're also kind of seeing the sunsetting of like of of these these men who are involved in this movie, like the careers right. of, you know, they're getting up there, you know, Pesci, De Niro, Scorsese himself. They're all and in there. They're all like mid to late seventies. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, not all to born say like 1920 uh, or no, not, uh, 1940. Your mouth a little off on that no, one. No, well, Frank Sherman was born in 1920. Yes. I got too confused. Um, but you know, and that's not to say that these actors are not giving performances of a lifetime in this film, but like, you know, we're getting to the point where they're, they're just, they're getting up there. Well, they're um, literally giving a performance of a lifetime in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is, I think, for me as someone who is not as, you know, this is just not my cup of tea usually. Um, yeah. Uh, for a, a decent amount of watching this movie, I was like, I don't know how into it I am as far as like the if crime you're not stuff into goes. into this genre, I don't think the, the beginning of the movie is like easy to sink into. Well... <laughs> For me, it's more like the middle of this movie. We can get into maybe more okay. specific about that. But like my point here is that even as someone who does not really care for this genre as a whole, yeah, I yeah. still really was affected by this movie because of the more personal aspects of it and because yeah. of what it is to like the performances and the actual time that it spends to let these performances breathe and to let these people feel like real human beings and the, yeah. the small it's for me it's the small interactions that they have with each other that are so precious and i think lasted for me and like i i have been thinking about this movie all week long i mean I, it's, it's a film that's about like uh connections and friendship and and what does that mean and you know what 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 do connections what do friendship what does friendship mean and and is it a building block and and it's about these kind of just like it is really a film about these intimate moments and it's something that like kind of shows you like why these crimes were done and it kind of also like i feel like shines a light on just like how fucked up everything is sure in a way and even you could say that even now you know like I, I, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it without like spoiling the flick. I mean, it is like based on real it's history. Life, so, like, yeah, you know, there's some things going on there. I think if you've heard of Jimmy Hoffa, you're you're aware that yeah. he went missing and was declared legally dead sometime after that. Right. I will say, you know, uh, watching it in breaks did give me time to like look some stuff up, mm-hmm. and that also I think made the enjoyment of the film for sure me a lot better because like I. Yeah, you know, I've heard of Jimmy Hoffa. I didn't know fucking much about him. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, and like I remember, like you know, like learning about unions and mm-hmm. and all those things in school, but like not the teamsters, to, teamsters, all that, all that stuff. But I I definitely had to give myself a little bit of history lesson, not too much, um, but just enough to be like, oh, now some more of this stuff is clicking for me, and even things I looked up that spoiled the movie. I think made my enjoyment of the film better, kind of knowing where it was going. Sure, you know, like learning 
kind of what the movie is going to be about. I, I actually think I enjoyed it more because of that. Yeah. I think, you know, as someone without really that historical context, because it was way before my time and it's not something that I've ever really spent the time learning the history for, right. a lot of that stuff was kind of lost on me and was in fact a little bit confusing for me. But again, the character moments are what really drew me in and affected me. I think if you are aware of both of those things, this movie is... It is. I've talked to a few people who are, you know, uh, are seniors, and they, you know, they are like head over heels for this flick. I mean, yeah. it's a very, it's like the most dad movie I've ever seen. Yeah, sure. Um, it's a grandpa movie. Yeah, even more it's than definitely a, dad a grandpa movie. movie. Um, but uh, you know, it's something where it's like it's a film that just sort of kind of reminds me of the stuff like you know my dad or my grandpa would have like on the TV, yeah. just like kind of watching casually. And now I and now I finally like get it. Yeah, and that's why I really liked about it. I was like, oh, I'm like. At the age now, right? I can't fucking get. get, I can't fucking get it. It took took this long. You know know what it is to be a man. I even finally a man. This is a manly movie. Very too manly. (laughs) This is yeah. This is a manlier than you or I. I think we'll ever be. Yeah, I'm surprised that we both are uh, as hot in it as we are. But it's also again, it's a, it's a, it's a about an era of manliness and, and men that does is like not really. Yeah, it is. It is not that way anymore. I also think that you know, I, I don't find that the film celebrates that life. No, absolutely not. I, I think, think in a lot of ways, it I is think that's very again. Critical. I think that's why I, you know, I think that's why I kind of you know landed on it the way I have. Where I was like, All right, I, I kind of like fuck with this movie. Yeah, right and it's it's self reflective about right. that stuff. And I think you know, we're, it's, we keep unap- da- it's very literally unapologetic. And, yes, and but it doesn't mean that it's not critical of what it's doing. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're dancing around a lot of this now when I think we really just want to dig into it. Um, I I think at the high level, again, this I I do want to say that, you know, I don't think we've talked about it on microphone, but the last couple months online have been a lot of discourse about Scorsese and Marvel, which is exhausting. I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm not very interested. I mean, I think Scorsese, when it comes to stuff like that, is a giant fucking hypocrite. This, this movie is end game for grandpas. And, uh, Mm, that's just that about that. mm, mm, My point is that, (laughs) fuck himself. (laughs) uh, no, my point is that Scorsese is making movies on his own level. Like this, movie it it is like no shade i enjoy the marvel movies no shade to anybody who does enjoy the marvel movies i think probably the way that his comments originally came out were probably you know for those who don't know these comments are he was saying that marvel movies are not cinema right but you know but then he's like like that was kind of taken out of context a little bit i think his piece um that he wrote elaborating on that is worth reading for any person because I think it is also very valid to be critical of Disney and Disney's practices regarding the entire film industry as a whole, because they're kind of choking the life out of a lot of shit right now in ways that I think is very fair to be critical of, but also at the same time, enjoy Marvel movies or enjoy Disney movies. That's also fine. But that that's a Disney movie now. Yeah. And I yeah. like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah. But also being, you know, aware and critical of Disney's overall business practices. Also totally valid. Sure. Um, and I would encourage anybody to be educated about that sort of stuff. Um, but my point here is that this movie is, you know, capital C cinema on just a, 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 a type of filmmaking that is, I think, not – you can't argue with it. Like, this movie looks so fucking good. Yeah, the performances incredible. in this movie are so fucking good. The editing and, and cinematography of this movie is so fucking good. The lighting in this movie is so fucking good. Yeah. I, I just – you can't – I don't think you can argue with the craft of this movie. Yeah, but if you're comparing it to like – I don't think I'm not trying to make the comparison from like to Irishman to Marvel movies outside of what I think of like this being kind of like it's a mobster epic much like superhero epics are epics like these are the the legends of this era uh displayed sure. in a cinematic sense you know uh I'm and there's more- things like yeah but when it comes to like craft it's just kind of like I don't know if I see the the line in the sand that really divides the two I like both movies. It's comparing like apples both. to it's apples to oranges. Yeah. It's sure. apples to oranges. But again, it's it is a kind of filmmaking that is 
in its own league. I think. I mean, like you know, uh, these movies. This this movie in particular is definitely you know not you know Marvel movies are in a way like written with a hammer, and the subtext is really like underlying. It's very deep in there, you know. Uh, this well, movie has a lot of stuff like under the surface and a lot of things you read into, and it's what a lot of what's not being said, right? Um, and that's fine, but I, you know, there's just, there's a place for all movies, and when it comes to like trying to say like something isn't what it is or how something should be or isn't, I, you know, I don't think any auteur really has the position to say that. You know, I think Scorsese is one of the greats. He's a legend. He's allowed to say what he wants to say. But I don't think that he has any more authority than John Favreau, Taka Waititi, uh, or any uh, any of the other like amazing, incredible artists and teams of artists and legions of artists that make these other movies happen. In that same regard, though, do you think that there is a certain sort of art by committee, especially regarding Disney movies, that does not allow for that kind of authorship to really? come into play and i think that is partially what scorsese is critical of uh i think that argument can be made i've heard it before but i don't think that i know enough about what's going on behind closed doors to make that argument would you I'm say that sure. scorsese maybe does know a lot more about what's going on but he, as far as he what, could i mean i'm sure like he would know better than me but like yeah. i also don't know and, and then and then when we even get into that level of it it's still conjecture sure who really knows you know uh he definitely would I, you know i when it comes to that, I would never claim to know uh, more than him. Yeah. You know, but uh, I do think when you see, you know, these movies by potentially by committees, but you see what the end product is, you know, again, I, I use Taika Waititi because I think his stamps really all over his Marvel movie. But when you see something sure. like Thor compared to like other Thor movies and other Marvel movies and even something like Guardians of the Galaxy, like, you know, like these are... It's a lot of people that is involved in making those movies happen. Sure. There is a team of people, a committee of people, but they are very stamped in a way where it's like, that is a, this, as much as Irishman, it's like, this is a, such a Scorsese movie. Mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok is such a Taika Waititi mm-hmm. movie. It's just that it's a bigger property. Yeah. You know? Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, anytime you come and say that something that other people enjoy is not a thing or yeah. is not a certain thing, you will come across as an asshole. That said, I think there's more complexity to what he's trying to say rather than just saying, like, fuck you for liking that thing you like. No, I, don't I mean, think he's, that's he even went as far to say that, you know, it's uh, it's a new type of cinema that maybe he is not totally uh, understands or, sure. you know, yeah. I, I don't want to put words in the man's mouth. Well, I mean, but. and again, going back to the, the meta text of The Irishman, it is... It is an industry that I would say he probably feels pretty alienated from as it is right now yeah. because he – the way that he came up in – again, we're he also, both – the way he had to release this We're both too. speaking out of our depth right now. Yeah. But, sure. um, you know, I, from his article specifically, he is seeing the film industry change. And yes, the way that this film was released is its own special beast. It's indicative of something. Yes. You know, know, and I I could see that, you know, looking at something like the Titan, like Disney, who is quickly monopolizing the entirety of the, the entertainment entertainment industry. I, I, it's fair to be critical of that. I think, I think it's a lot to be critical. I just think when it comes into the regard of how to tell people, I think when it comes to like putting art in more boxes, sure. it's just kind of like, what are we doing here? Yes. You're inventing this whole other sub genre of cinema that now superhero movies get to go into. It's like, yeah. fuck off. You've made some of the most insane movies that ever existed and people like fucking boycotted your films and people rebelled against the kind of art you were making. And he made the stand and he did the legendary thing of putting the art out there and standing behind it. And now things like Taxi Driver and things like King of Comedy and things like The Last, Tempta- Last Temptation of Christ are like heralded as like one of the biggest pieces of cinema ever. So for him at this age to to be making these statements about these movies, you know, he's out of his depth, in my opinion. I'm not going to co-sign that statement, <laughs> but... Uh... I mean, I don't know, man. It's just... Uh... Hey, I'm I, I'm talking out of my ass a little bit, and and I don't know, but I don't I don't agree with those sentiments towards sure. those movies. I think all movies are movies. I think all cinema is cinema. I think there's enjoyment for everything for everybody. 
Obviously, if there's the weird Hallmark dog movie, do I think that's high art? I don't Probably know if, if some little kid sees it and he grows up to be one of the best directors ever, then like who fucking can argue against that? Fair I enough. don't know, man. I will check back in when, with you when you're 70 and we'll have this conversation and, and I see how you feel. These news, these new space these movies fucking, are terrible. These fucking 40 movies. I can't believe they I have plug to, directly into your brain. I have to smell the movie. I have to make them put a fucking chip in my it neck costs, for me to even see it. It costs a million dollars to watch them. I have to give them a blood bag. I don't, they don't even take money anymore. They just take your blood when you see the movie. And uh, it's not cinema. It's not cinema. I don't care what anybody says. I don't know where I got this accent from between now and Black 70. Pan- but Black Panther still slaps, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Black Panther's all right. It's pretty good. Slaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. It's, it's again, we're, I think we're, it's, it's an argument that I know I, it's a, a fight. This that argument I is fucking tired. I'm I also, I just, it. I already just started it on the podcast. Yes. So I have to take full response. I brought it up that. to be fair. I'll take the, I'll take the bullet yeah, on that one, but I'm only saying that because we have not talked about this thing that people have been talking about a lot sure. on our show so it's our show we're gonna do what we want that's true um that said let's take a quick break and then when we come back we will talk about spoilers for the irishman see you in a sec where to begin on this three and a half hour journey i'm glad that we saved the CGI discussion for spoilers. Sure. Because okay. I do think that it ebbs and flows in quality throughout the film. Okay, cool. That's a good place to start. You feel me? So, right. Yeah. So this movie obviously is the story of Frank Sheeran. He is, it takes place, I guess the start, it's somewhat him in a nursing home talking. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. An, an interview kind of scenario, like looking back, reflecting He's on at his the life. end of his life. It has to be in the early 2000s at that point. Probably. I think he dies in 2003. Yeah. And then it also is taking place partially on kind of a road trip that he is taking. um, That leads leads to the death of Jimmy Hoffa. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, With Russell Buffalino Mm -hmm. and his wife and Russell's wife as well. Right. They are going to... A wedding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of really where the movie starts. But along the way, he is looking. It's it's kind of like timeline within timeline within timeline. Kind yeah. of. Um, and he looks back on his life as a whole, his life of, of being involved, not only with Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters and his whole business, but also in the greater kind of mob picture yeah. here. And it. so the CGI. <laughs> Before I do, like, I have so many thoughts on all the rest of that stuff, but sure. like, let's talk about the CGI first. So, you know, yeah, we're seeing, to use, to hone in on Robert De Niro, probably the character that we see go through the most aging. He is the most FaceTime of anybody else yeah. in this movie. So we see him aged up from where he is. We see him mostly aged down from I actually is. was kind of having a hard time pinpointing, which is maybe so this is maybe a, a positive thing to say it, about the aging. I think that it is. Um, so I, after uh, the movie ended for me, uh, Netflix was just like, do you want to watch this roundtable discussion with Scorsese, uh, uh, fuck yeah, De Niro, yeah. Al Pacino, and um, Joe Pesci? Netflix, why didn't you ask me? They, ne- they hey, might Netflix. have. Hey, Netflix. You didn't ask me. I'm sorry. I want to see that. Oh, it's gone. Shit. And you can't watch it now. They said it's gone. Huh. Um, so it was good because I got to see, like, I actually Googled during when I was watching the movie. I'm like, what does Robert Who's, De Niro look like fucking today? Which which one is the Who not is smooth? And, what's the not smooth version? Yeah, and it didn't give me much of an answer. But then you see him and it's like, okay. So 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 when you have, the like. the road trip one? Uh, it's like in, no, he's a little bit older than that one. Okay. But he's so younger maybe, than wheelchair one. In between wheelchair and road trip. Yeah. Is there a. I don't think that we really get to see. No, no. Because really, right? the movie kind of starts to like wrap up sure. in its last like 40 minutes. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, for me, the CGI is the elephant in the room because this process of de-aging and the way that they're doing it is is it's, never before it's seen. Hot, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. It's very interesting. Um, they don't have all these balls on their faces. They don't do any of this like face mocapy thing. Right. It's through a process where they have multiple lenses on the cameras that they're able to edit in post. I mean, we're also in the area era of deep fakes now, where yeah. you can just put somebody else's we are, face. We on are a face. in the areola of deep fakes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so I've seen some some Robert De Niro porn deep fakes. Does not look as good as a woman on a woman as you would think. 
I, I disagree. But, but you to know, each their own. to each their own, not here to yuck anyone's yum. Mm-hmm. Go on. So, you know, when it comes to doing the de-aging process for a lot of these actors, and I think when Robert De Niro's at his youngest in the film, it's the only thing that took me out of it is like, I saw a taxi driver like a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, so I know what young so Robert De Niro, seen... I know what he looks like. This looks like old Robert De Niro made young. Yes. It's different than what he looked like when he yes. was young. It's, it's, the it's smooth, like a different type of person. The, the smoothed out Robert De Niro. It's different. Yeah. So like, I'll just say that, but like, you know, maybe that's not a big thing. I will say that when it, for the most part, like I would say like 95% of the time, the de-aging process is, is so smooth and so minimal when it comes to what they're doing with the face. Yeah. What's happening with the face, I think is pretty much spot on. I think they're they're what they're aiming for, they hit. Here comes the butt. They are old men. They're old their men. bodies yeah. they're are a little bit rigid. But yeah. And I think sometimes you don't notice it. I think a lot I noticed it a lot, especially in the first half of the movie. Yes. A lot. I thought two two ways about this. Joe Pesci right? Was good because he didn't have to do as much. He did not. He's not as, you know, there's not as much movement. He's not getting up and doing things as much. Yeah. On one hand, yes, it is apparent that these are seven-year-old men actors that are playing much, much younger versions of themselves. And sometimes maybe moving a little bit closer to seven-year-old men than the age that they're actually And in this portraying. interview thing that I watched, they, they, they talked about it and they're like, oh, you have to move around like you're 69. And they're like, yeah, and like I did that. And, but to me, I'm just like, you, you tried. Well, you got and, close at times. That's the, that's the other side of this is like, yes. So the smooth faces were a little bit distracting for me right within probably that first hour. Like kind of the like stuff when he's well, in the that's, war. That's the most. The youngest. That's the youngest that's yeah. happening. Yeah. But. I will say, after about maybe 45 minutes into the movie, yeah. I stopped thinking about it. So at that point, you're, you're just watching it a lot. And I'm just in, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so the parts where they're, they're, they're moving around and they look a little bit stiffer than maybe they're meant to be or for that age that they're playing. At well, the I think same it's time, like a lot of them are hunched over. Like their posture is not there. And that's bit. the thing that I know. So like, you know, the scene where... Robert De Niro is supposed to be, I think, like thirty years old, right? Uh-huh. Most likely, he's he's, he's doing he's the, driving he's, the truck. He's driving the truck. Yeah, they have him in that scarf. Mm-hmm. It's because they're trying to like hide like that. He's mm-hmm. like hunched over a little bit, and like have you seen the pictures of him in the lift shoes? Because he's supposed to be like a, t- a really big dude. Oh no, like I Frank Shear. Oh, so there's these pictures of him walking around giant elevator shoes because oh, because because Frank Sheeran's like is like six foot something he's uh, a giant he's a mob hitman i he's imagine he's pretty imposing, imposing dude yeah. for sure but it's just i mean that that's normal i mean like you know that's like what tom cruise's shoes normally are but <laughs> right uh, that's just his walking around that's shoes. just like that's what he just does yeah <laughs> at the same time four 70 year old men playing 30 year old men most parts really they good. do a pretty admirable job i, I think gotta so hand it to him i think that as much as like you know i noticed it i also had to kind of be like they're going for it you just have to let it go at a certain point exactly and and i do think like you know much like how in benjamin button when like the the two protagonists like hit the same age as one's Uh going backwards one's going forward when this movie starts to hit like a middle ground of what the ages are better doesn't even fucking matter anymore you know and there's very few scenes where it's like i notice it but like you know maybe he's just like you know, hunched over Italian 50 year old dude, like right. whatever, you know. And at the same time, you know, the alternative of trying to cast like a different actor in the younger, it just would not have worked in the same way. It would not it have is, been the same. This movie is it so been distracting. dependent on the performances of its lead characters that you just, there's no other option than the one that they yeah. took. And yes, it's not perfect. Yes, it's noticeable. And it was a little bit distracting for me at the start. Overall, though, I don't think it detracts yeah. from the movie. I think there's only a few, like, and again, it's just Robert De Niro because they're focusing on so much. Like, there's some scenes where he's, like, throwing guns into the water where I'm just like, I don't fucking think so. Yeah. Or, like, there's that one scene where he uh, he beats the shit out of the guy who, like, pushes his daughter. Yes. That one, I'm just like, I don't fucking think so. A little stiff. Especially in those scenes, though, where I'm like, see, this is where you could have gotten away with some CGI where you had a body double. Right. You know? I, I think in a lot of those, like, I think that... Having bought, I don't. I feel like there probably is the R scenes of body doubles. We just may not know. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Or Again, maybe they really committed Warrior to. The, not going to backseat direct. No, no, absolutely not. I'm not saying that he should have done that, but I just think that you know, if he he could have gotten away with it. Probably, did, probably. Know? But like you know, he yeah. had he had a vision. He's doing the thing. I do think again, like what you said, he 
he made the right call. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. You know, I think I think the the weird experiment of the film going into it before we saw it like what we were hearing about it, uh I think is a success. Mhm. Um and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he trailblazed this future for some of these more senior actors to maybe have yeah. some extra life yeah. in their performances, I mean, you know? Like I, it's which I I don't know how I feel about it. It's interesting. Until we can get, you know, De Niro's head on a brand new, you know, fresh young male robot yeah, body. Yeah, like a Futurama. Uh, <laughs> this is the best we in, got. In the, uh, in the, the fish bowls. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is the best we got for now. We'll get yeah. there, hopefully. Um, but uh, I think it, it mostly works. I think so, too. Overall. At least, for, at least for me, man. Like, you know, again, like I, I do, I did find it distracting, but I think... As the film goes on, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And ultimately, it's one of the least important things about this movie. At, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, though, like, again, like, these performances. So moving on from the CGI and moving in, and into the performances, like, there is just some hard-hitting next-level acting that's happening there. Absolutely. Like, some of the craziest acting I've, like ever seen and like you it's said nuts the it's a lot of it is the things that are not said that are just emoted that are the really hard-hitting things i think one of the the conversations in the movie that uh stand out to me the most or is, is the most in my memory at the moment talking about it is when robert Niro is talking to or when frank sharon's talking to jimmy hoffa and they're at his like a. Uh, uh, he Jimmy Hoffa was presenting him this award at this like gala that's mm-hmm. for him and mm-hmm. and basically there's a lot of good conversations there's a lot of conversations well because like everything escalates at that point it's hitting shit is hitting shit the is fan. hitting the fan and yes. it's basically him being like he said that's that he said that's it, it is and that's it is that. what it is it is what it is and then Jimmy Hoffa was just like they wouldn't dare it's what it is it will they wouldn't it's, dare they it's wouldn't what it is it's what it they it's wouldn't what it is they wouldn't dare don't yeah. say don't say they wouldn't dare don't say they wouldn't dare it is what it is. Okay. And it's, and it's, and it's again, like, it's this, it's, you know, this performance of like, you know, these machismo men at the height of toxic masculinity in this era of organized crime, just trying to have a conversation that even they are too afraid to have. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. In, In that way, so much of this movie is men who, Clearly, not not directly, but um, Frank Sheeran's relationship with Russell Buffalino and then yeah. Frank Sheeran's relationship with uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. These are men that deeply, deeply care about each other and, yeah. uh, you know, love each other. And it is that sort of like that veil of toxic masculinity that uh, that uh, that prevents them from ever really truly showing those emotions yeah. but it is the subtlety and the depth of the performances that mm-hmm. they they can that these actors are able to never say those things really directly to each other but, get it. but but you can see how it is just under the surface and how painful it is for in a lot of these cases for them to hold that in. I mean, Jimmy Hoffa kind of gets killed because Frank Sharon doesn't want to hurt his feelings. That's well, a lot of like, well, that's a lot of like, he's like, I don't, he's like tiptoeing around like right. how serious the thing is. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want, it's like, it's like he doesn't want Jimmy Hoffa to like feel bad. Right. I mean, like, at least like that's how I'm reading it. I, you know, there's a lot more going on there. And it's him. But it's, to me, when you boil it down to its essence, it's that. Like, well, it's like he doesn't really want to. It's pride as well. It's, yeah. it's Jimmy Hoffa's pride. And he doesn't want to hurt his pride. It's yeah. his arrogance that won't let him say, really understand like, you're going to die if you don't back off. You this. need to fucking chill. You need to stop and but back then, off. Even, I'm and, trying to tell you as your friend you mm-hmm. need to stop. But, you know, the the moment that really tips, like, uh, Russell to, like, kind of putting the head on him is is seeing how much uh, uh, Frank's daughter really likes Jimmy Hoffa. How much Peggy, like, is like, oh, I'll just get up and dance with you. Because it's that scene where, like, Russell sees, like, Jimmy Hoffa being like, let's go have a dance, Peggy, basically. And then he's just like, fuck this. I don't, I don't see that because I don't think th- the way that I see it is even Russell... Is because remember they're both pining for like that niece's love, that surrogate daughter love. Well, I do want to come back to that yeah. when I come like talking about Russell specifically. But even Russell's position, he's in a unique spot. Like I, I really like the dynamic of of 
Frank being in between Russell and Jimmy and Jimmy really being the, the def, definitely involved in crime, but more the like labor organized side of it. And then Russell being much more like the actual crime. And he's like the middleman between a lot of the times yeah. he's telling, hearing one thing from one person and telling it to the other. Yeah. This is a game of telephone that kind of fucks everything up. But even up Russell, it seems like is the one, he's not the one who is calling for that. He is telling Frank to do this thing, but it wasn't his decision to be made. I mean, Russell Hoffa to be Russell goes to great lengths to try and not have Jimmy Hoffa killed. Right, right. Before it actually goes down, and then once it's out of his hand, he's just like, "We gave this piece of shit. We tried. We did everything. Play, everything that I can do, we did it." And like you know, the, it's it's not one of those things in the movie where he's lying. It's like he, you have seen scenes where he's just like, "You gotta fucking, you gotta stop." I, I, I and I personally like. It's interesting that these men are almost at like the kind of middle level and you, there is allusions to this higher level of crime. Yeah, what they said, what Tony said. Right, yeah. like uh, even above that, like I love – there's a little moment where uh, uh, Frank says to Russell, like in that same scene that we're talking about, like, you know, he says something about like people up top want this, want him, yeah. want Hoffa to back off. And and Frank says, well, isn't Hoffa one of these top guys? And, and Russell's like – you can't, this is an audio format, so you can't really see my face, but if you see yeah. the movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, mm, not really. Not. Yeah. Well, because I think, you know, Hoffa falls from grace once he goes, once he does time. Once he goes in the can, like, you know, he, he, he loses he, a little he bit. He loses yeah, a little bit. Well, absolutely. I mean, he loses to the point where people are like, we don't need you to get the Labor Party back. Right. And, uh, and, and we're, we're focusing on, like, I feel like we're having so much discussion about just like, that one scene. <laughs> this is the, this is like the last, this is the end of act, like, two or three at this point. Like, yeah. This is before like the denouement of the film really happened. Or the climax of the film was really when Hoffa gets killed. Um, Which I, I, I what the whole movie to. is leading up to. Yeah. yeah. But I, for me again, personally, like all the stuff about, you know, uh, the, the actual like moving pieces of uh, the criminal organization and the teamsters and all that stuff, like that stuff that's a little more rooted in the history stuff like that. To me, is actually where I started to kind of lose it a little bit with this movie. So that's that's why I was glad that I had a pause at the time I did because sure. I got to look some stuff up. Because I think I also would have been in the same boat where I was just like, I think I also like wouldn't have been into the movie because I'm like, what the fuck's going on? There was a lot happening. Yeah, there a lot of there's a lot of people being introduced. There's a lot, it's of, a lot of names, but I think that's also out. that's also very you know that's very mob movie esque where it's like, right. You're introduced. You're almost over inundated with characters. Yes. Um, because there's so many moving parts. But the thing is, like, you're meeting so many characters. Where it's like, well, this person's disposable. Might get killed. This is someone's son. This yeah. Is some, but the thing, it all paints this like canvas of like how everything is really operating. Like even um, Jesse Plemons is like a minor character, but a character that like you know he's a cog. He this. has he has a lot of yeah. He's a cog sure. in the in the greater machine, and that's that's very. I feel like I, again, I don't want to speak. Too much to what the genre is because I'm not the most familiar about it. But when I think mobster movie, that's like a thing I think is like yeah, a lot of characters, a lot of names, a lot of families, a lot of thing. Game of Thrones, sure. but Italian, sure, that's what it is. Yeah, um, and that's that is the part that I'm definitely less interested in, and that's the part that I like. Yeah. For me, when I say like mobster movies are not my cup of tea, like that is kind of part of it for me. But again, I think where like our discussion is probably going to keep coming to is like the relationship of these three men is right. what I think really was impactful for me from this movie, and well, really like I think it also kept makes me thinking these about other movie. relationships more interesting. You know, yes. like seeing them have to talk to uh, what's what's the actor who plays the lawyer, uh, Ray Rom- Ray Romano, Romano? yeah, yeah. just like having to like you know, it's like them having to interact with the, with these other characters and how they do have like big pieces or the guy who's in the, the third season of Mr. Robot, who's like perfect. Oh, he's more um, in the first act I of the always film. always forget that guy's you know name, exactly what I'm but I know about. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And he's great. Mm-hmm. He's um, also good. I love, I love, and that's not to say that like, you know, I'm talking about all the other people involved in this and like right. how that stuff gets lost on me a little bit, but there are so many good roles in this movie. I love the yeah. Ray Romano role. You mentioned before so the Action Bronson cameo. I was like, you gotta be fucking you gotta so be good. fucking it's awesome. me with this. It's Fuck, that's very casket. good. He is in, like, this movie is so good at giving actors, like, minor, minor scenes, but just allowing them to fucking just 
just get it, he just gets those genuine, performances man. out of there he, that he, is just he like he gets like the most real performance out of action fucking Bronson that yes. like I don't think anyone else could have done it. Oh, you know? for sure not. And yeah. I, I want to come back to that too and talk about that specifically because like that scene for me, yeah. for me the the importance of this movie or like what really like sticks out to me in in again a super dense movie like yeah. we can't talk to every single little no. bit about this movie because it's so long and there's so much to it. And like, right. we could probably record just as many hours of podcast about this movie as there is hours of movie. And we still wouldn't have talked about the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the relationship between these three men and then the way that Frank's life ultimately amounts to nothing and his yeah. involvement in all of this stuff and his relationship with, with Hoffa that is, it's his best friend. Like, Russell is very much a mentor position for yeah. Frank. Look how big ha- and how strong I'm. Uh, look how strong I'm. Look how strong I'm. Oh, it's so you. good. Yeah. Um, I, I also really love, like, when they're in prison together and he's like, oh, they got the good You got the good You got the oh, so juice. Good. Like, I, can't, I can't eat the bread. Well, and they're talking about how you can't eat the bread, and the bread was like oh, his favorite God. thing from the earlier movie. He's like, this is really good just, bread. Just, just give me a little bit. Just little and he bit, just dips it in the thing and he sucks the wine out of the bread. Mm. And when they're talking, when they're speaking Italian to each other, like that, that moment is like reflective of the earlier yeah. moment where they, it's all just, it's yeah. just, mwah. they have that moment where they're forging their friendship and yes. they're having it in prison. It's fucking brilliant. But you only realize it's happened two hours, three days later. <laughs> the, the development of the relationship between, uh, De Niro and Pacino, yeah. Frank and Jimmy is, and then where that amounts to where, Again, and, and it's also reflective of Frank's time as a soldier. Like he is a soldier involved in this. He is there to follow orders. Yeah, he is killing people because that is, those are his orders. And ultimately, when it comes down to he's him a, getting, he's the, a simple man to a certain extent. You know, yeah, yeah. with I, with uh, I think a lot of like complex emotions that he needs sure. to keep not simple buried. in psyche, but simple in terms of like what he does and what he wants to his do is like yes. he wants someone to tell him. It's all general patent to him. Yeah. You know, he wants. He's like, you tell me to do the thing, I'm going to do the thing. That's what I am good at. Right. You tell me to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. Yes. That's it. And when it comes to him getting the word, you know, when he's on that road trip that, hey, you're going to Detroit, you're getting on a plane right now. And like the moments in between there where he's on the, he's on the plane and he's just sitting there thinking about what he has to go do. Or even the scenes where he's in the car, when he, when he sees Hoffa, when he's driving. Yes. Oh my God. The fish. The fish in the back. Yeah, he's like, so what kind of fish? What kind of fucking fish was it? I don't know. They just gave me a fish. You went in there and you just got a you fish. You went to a fish market. You just you got, got a, a fish. Uh, it's, oh, it, oh, it's, it's, br- it is brutal. We can't just rehash every single one of these scenes. No, but, but there's, there's so, so many. The dialogue so is so good, man. Um, and then, so it, the actual moment of him executing that hit also like really just, it's so cold and yeah. so quick. And that little like, ah! That like Hoffa lets out when it actually happened. That little yeah, moment, that falls. little yelp. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's devastating. And then everything after of just a that phone call. Yeah, who makes a phone call? What kind of man makes a phone call like that? Mm-hmm. That scene. That's the you want to talk about a fucking spaghetti scene. <sighs> Shit. I mean, dude. there's a few man. That's definitely like definitely that's up there, can be one. Man. That definitely can that be one is for sure. Up there, and and then that's also one of my like. I, it's been nice, you know, we usually do the hot take format where we just go right into it, but it's been nice for me to kind of think about this movie because it's so dense and also yeah. see a lot of people posting about it on Twitter and like just be reminded of these moments over and over again. See things be digested a little bit. But that, yeah. that shot immediately when it pans, when it turns from him at the phone to the just the wide shot of the room, like that's mm-hmm. one of the, the like the still frames that you can look at and like that just the lighting in that room is like so... yeah. Perfect. There's another scene. This is more uh, surface level, just like set design good. But uh, the scene where Al Pacino is having the meeting with the guy he needs to endorse him. I forget the character's name. But it's in Florida. Um, and he's like, um, 10 minutes late. Is, it, is Tony P? Is that what his name is? Tony P? Is it Tony P? I think so. You can, yeah, Jack's checking the tape. But uh, they're in Florida and they're at that meeting and there's the two, they're in that room where it's in the corner of the room and there's the two circle windows in mm-hmm. there and it's just like where the fuck do you find this place this place is amazing he's like I've never waited more than 10 minutes for yes. anybody he's like you're 15 minutes late. Yeah, 12 minutes he's 12 minutes late you count for traffic it's and that's so good that, again that's kind of the thing that I'm talking about when it comes to like the craft of this sort of thing I just think it's on a different level that you don't 
really see very often. And, and that's not to say that, you know, there are a lot of very talented people making a lot of very cool you, movies. You, well, I mean, Scorsese's been in the game f- for a very long time. He's yes. a master. Yes. He's a ma- The things that people say about him, the, the buzzwords, the, the thing you put in quotes when you talk about him. Is all true. Yes. He is a master class filmmaker. Yes. It can't be... I don't think it'd be overstated. That's why when he wants to talk about whatever shit he wants to say about anything, you know, as much as I was kind of disagreeing with him, but he he has clout. Like, he's allowed to fucking say that, man. Like, I'm I'm not gonna fucking... Would not look the guy in the fucking face and tell him that he's wrong. <laughs> um, it's it's Tony Pro. Tony Pro. So Tony Pro. Uh, played by Stephen Graham, which is also a great performance. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, the scene where they're in prison and he's eating the ice cream. Very good. New people. That's a great scene. Also, uh, the actor that we could not think of before was Bobby Cannavale playing Skinny Razor. Also a great performance. Um, Harvey Keitel was in there very briefly. Remember that? Yeah, he was the Jewish mob leader, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, is that right? I think he was. I think he was the leader of the Jewish mob. Again, that's the stuff that gets a little bit lost on me. Uh, Well, that and that's. I think that's very mobster movie where it's like you know you're you. It's it's a lot. I think bet. I think a movie like that benefits from rewatching it. Who has enough hours in the day? I, don't I know. would love to rewatch this movie. I've been thinking about rewatching this movie since I finished it. Consider watching it in four parts. But just um, try it. Maybe you'll like it. I don't know. Yeah, but um, and then I'll watch it all in one shot, and we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, there about you go. It. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I more than anything, I just want to be locked in a movie theater to see to sit. I would have, dude. I would have fucking loved to see this on the big screen. Yeah, I watched it on a combination of my little fucking TV and my phone. And I kind of just brought the movie with Hold me on. everywhere. Hold on. You watched this movie not only in multiple parts, but also on your phone. That was yeah. the one thing Scorsese said not to do. Yeah, but he also doesn't like Black Panther. So? Yeah. Oh. Exactly. And guess what? I still really like the movie. Bye. Probably as Bye much as you. credibility. Don't matter. Don't I'm matter. I don't fucking care what you I'm thinks. just kidding. You enjoy it however you need to. And I did. Um, but. It was, my experience with the movie is that it was like this narrative that I kind of took with me everywhere. Okay. And I like that. You just, keep, about you just it. keep a little bit of Irishman. I in had a little Irishman in my pocket the whole time, man. And like I, I was into it. It was the first time I really had to watch a movie in like multiple settings, multiple places. I watched that interview, like I had Netflix on on my phone when I was driving home, listening to it. Like it was a movie that followed me for four days. Mm. It was with me everywhere. I was thinking in mob voice. Yeah. When I went to bed last night. See, for me, it was the movie, was the movie was with me the whole time. And, and and I got to digest these moments, you know, piece by piece. And I was able to be like, I want to know more of this thing. So I got to look it up. And then I was like, oh, I can't wait till tomorrow when I watch, like, the next, like, bit. And I got more and more excited, you know. So so for me, like, it worked. I, I don't know. Again, like, yeah, everyone should you just watch it the way that makes you happy. But I was very, I was very pleased with the way I watched it. And if I could have watched it on my Game Boy Advance, like that one me and my son yeah. would have mm-hmm. fucking done it too. It's funny. I, I yeah. I mean, it for me, I, watching it in the one day, it also stuck with me in that same way, like sure. this entire week. And that partially, as I said, it was just seeing kind of you were discussing you were it, chomping at the bit to talk about. I it. really was. Yeah, dude. I really, really was. Uh, like I said, I was very annoying at work this week, just asking anybody I could, like, you watch the Irishman? Yeah, we can be fucking talking about the Irishman. You didn't watch it yet? What are you doing? I it is, uh, you know. It, Who's, who, who got in the way you watching this movie? What's uh, what's that, one, that one scene where they t- the FBI is telling old Frank Sharon, mm-hmm. he's like, your uh, your lawyer died. He's like, who who did it? Yeah, who did? <laughs> like cancer? Cancer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's coming back to that. Like yeah. in in the 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 kind of like talking about the last kind of act of this movie sure. and like where the, this the, goes, the full circle post moment of post the you know the hit. Um, on Jimmy Hoffa, like, yeah, and the, where it all really comes into like kind of focus, and Frank, as an old man, is reflective of everything that he's done in his life, and he's and, lonely, and he's and alone, he's he's, yeah. he's left with nothing, yeah, and and that's where the conversation about the the women characters in this movie, mm-hmm. and um, you know Anna Paquin's character as as um, Peggy, yeah. Uh, and now she has like one line in the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, th- that is because he spent his entire life not focusing on her, not paying any attention to right. her, not 
that was not the priority of his life. And that is that the priority is of his life was these men and these crimes and yes. these things. And when you know, when he's in that room, it's being like, I did all this to protect you guys. It's like that's a fuck that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, the, the scene with bullshit. his other daughter is phenomenal. It's amazing. Her calling yeah. him out. And that is, I think like we were again, afraid of we're afraid of the fucking things you do. Right. Because like, you're mean, a monster. <laughs> one of yeah. the earliest scenes in this movie is Peggy witnessing him beat the shit out of this guy who like pushed her a little bit at the grocery store. Yeah, which is like, you know, if I had a daughter and someone pushed her at her job, you would be mad. I might beat the shit out of him. Perhaps beating him to the edge of his life is overreacting. I mean, how, mad, how much do they shunt in front of your own daughter? I wouldn't bring I wouldn't bring her with me. Yes. Hey, hey daughter, come with me and watch me but, you know, nearly even, murder. Even outside guy. of that, which that moment that moment is shown to explain just that for sure. But even outside of that, like, you know, they, like, they would come home every few days and they hear about this news story. Right. And they'd see it on the TV or they see in the newspaper and they knew who did it, right. you know? And and him being left with nothing alone, you know, yeah. hobbling into that bank when he is like his arthritis is at the point where he can't walk without yeah. support. And his daughter just putting up the next teller sign and, and walking I think a, away. I think it's a just, lot of his, you know, he he's also so alone because he shows no remorse for what he did. Because the scenes with the priest and stuff, where he's like, "Do you feel anything for your victims and stuff?" And he's like, ah, "Not real, not really." He's not feeling it, but I think in the end, when he is left alone, like you are seeing that life of re- that regret hit him. I think he has regret, but I don't think that he feels bad for what he did well i mean I and who know i mean i think that that's the interpretive part of the film i don't know? think you can be a hitman and walk around and still act normally yeah, without, without like, being a sociopath yourself or something yeah, yeah he's yeah. a sociopath like you, right. you have to be to be able to dissociate that kind of thing but it's showing where that leaves him and it leaves him with nothing with yeah. only his regrets alone in a home and and it shows it, us where that toxicity kind of like it starts from the war, you know. It right. starts from him being like having a position of power, being like, dig a fucking hole. All right, I'm gonna fuck. That's your grave now. And he shoots these yeah. people, you know, and like yeah. you know they're bad people, but he shoots them. It's well, I mean they're, they're soldiers. They're soldiers. I mean they're like you know Nazis. Yeah, but they're You're following. Or they could be following. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not here to defend Nazis, but like Jack Hall, Jesse, Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, that's a good clip that I knew on the internet. Uh, but uh, I, I, again, like right. you're removing the human element from it. There is a soci- there is a sociopathic tendency. Even people who I think Jojo Rabbit. Does we really just watched Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit does such a good job of of communicating. Like when the, when the American soldiers come in, they're not being like all that fucking nice. No, like, they're being kind of like. You're questioning what's going on. You're meant sure. to see the moral ambiguity of what's happening. Sure. Um, and I think that's what's happening in here as well. And it's further, I think, underscored perfectly in the scene where um, Frank is talking to the nurse who's taking his blood pressure. And mm-hmm. she doesn't even know who the fuck Jimmy Hoffa is. Right. So, like, what has your life amounted to? You sacrificed your entire relationship with your own family. And yeah. you murdered your best friend. And it has left you with nothing. Nah. And that is just... You can get a nice green casket. And then, yeah. And then yeah. that whole final kind of like the the beat for beat, like the FBI coming and talking to him and telling him everyone else is dead. You have no one left. Right. Him having to go pick out his own casket. Yeah. Who are you and, getting it for? He's like, me. Yeah. yeah. And having Action Bronson be like, fuck. <laughs> Which is it's perfectly so delivered by him that just like, oh, Oh, like, damn. Well, all right. Well, you, you right, can well, do, that green uh, one's six, pretty nice. do 6,000 for this one. That's about it. It is just, it, to me, yeah. it's just so devastating to think about that kind of thing. And I think that is, you know, you, you can yeah. you can be crit- critical of of a three and a half hour long movie having like one or two lines from its women characters. But at the same time, that is, I think, in a lot of ways what this movie is I about. Think it was a lot of, I think that's a lot of ways in that it's... That is what it's about, um, but I do think it's important that we still are critical of it. Sure, I think it's something that's worth mentioning. It sure. is. It is a three and a half hour movie, and there is like three lines of dialogue from women. Sure, uh, I don't think that's the focus of the conversation about Irishmen. No, I think what we've been talking about is the focus of the conversation about Irishmen. Right. But it's fair know, to think about that thing. It is. Yeah, you got mulled over. We are living in a patriarchal society. 
And it's, well, it's, and if we do not, if we are not critical of these tenets of it, then they will remain. This is at the same time. This is a this movie is a about, about the, like the, the decaying one of nature the heights of it. Yeah, the decaying nature for sure of this patriarchal society, Absolutely. and of this kind of ta- toxic masculinity, yeah. and of all the shame and regret that comes from something like that. Mm-hmm. So. I fucking like this movie a lot, man. I can't wait to watch it again. It's a cool movie. I don't know when I'll get around to watching it again, but... Yeah. I don't either. It's, it, it, this conversation alone has given me a lot to think about, because I think I've been holding on to like where it stands with me until we talked about it, because I, I had a lot to unpack about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... You know, you can talk about how long it is all day long, but I think it needs to be that long well, We just We also what? just proved that, like... You know, you can watch it in a day. You can watch it in a few... You can watch it any fucking way you want. Sure. It I'm doesn't not tell you how to live your well, life. Well, no, but it doesn't matter how long it is. Y- yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, you can absorb... It, it is absorbable. Like, you can watch it. Sure. You yeah. can do it. It's fun. You can do it. Yeah. You binged an entire season of Game of Thrones. I know you did. We, not you personally, but no, you out there I, listening. I would never do that. But you and me kept up a whole conversation... Where we both seem to be on the ball and on the level about what this movie's doing. Sure. And we watch it in very different ways. Definitely you true. You can fucking watch it. That's true. It is easily watchable. I, and I think because of that length, it is there there's just so much texture and detail and yeah. depth and subtlety and it is just there's not any other movie like it this year, that's for sure. No, I mean like, you know, it's uh, it's one of those films where it's like the experiment of it. it you know, it kinda reminds me of Lion King in a lot of ways where that is something that no one has ever said on this earth yet. I, well, it reminds me of Lion King because Lion King's like, it, it's kind of like a weird experimental movie where it's just like, we made this movie almost in VR. We did all these things. We're trying to like elevate this classic to this next level. We're trying to do this thing that's genre defining. And it's successful in some ways, but kind of a failure in most of it. This movie is you, that very... Was, I want to be clear for our listener. Yeah. That was the Lion King. That's the Lion King. This movie, The Irishman, uh, is definitely experimental in a lot of ways. They're trying to do a lot of things with tech. They're trying to push the boundaries with uh, acting mm-hmm. through technology. Sure. And I think for the most part, it's very successful. There's some hindrances and some things that we as the keen watcher will will notice. But for There's the most parts part... You have to suspend your disbelief. But for the most part, it's it, it works. Definitely. And I think that's very important. For sure. You know, I, that's why I think, I think the movies are very similar in that way because they are very experimental kind of like leaps and bounds into the world of film. Um, and it's just kind of where they land. It's a little bit different. A little bit. That's fair to say. <laughs> that is fair to say. Well, Robbie, do you have any other closing thoughts on The Irishman, a.k.a. No. Oh, the name. I heard you paint houses. I need to be. But uh, I really like that name, man. It's good. It's the, and, and it's the line that Jimmy Hoffa says, and he's like, "I do my own carpentry." It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. The, but, but like they flash that title card at the beginning. It does not say the Irishman at the beginning of this film, and at the end of the film, it says the Irishman. And then it also says, yeah. "I heard you paint houses." Well, that's why I think that you know the title of the movie might still be that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I think you have your cake and eat it too. I had heard that that was the name that Irishman was is wanted far more marketable. Yes. And that's the bottom. But who do you have to market this movie to? You have the like hundred people that saw it in a theater, there's, and then you have the there's Netflix enough crowd. there's enough people who are like, "What the fuck is this? I don't know anything about anything," and they'll have to go see it. I guess. And they have, and they probably liked it, or they fell asleep in the first three hours of it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, if you've watched The Irishman and you have thoughts about it, let us know. Please send us a send us an email. What's your email? An email. What's what's our email address? I'm not gonna tell my email, but you can, you can. And we have an email address. I'm what Jack at StoryScreen.com, right? That is true. Uh, and you're if you want, at StoryScreen.com, right? I'm Robert at StoryScreen.com. Robert, sorry, StoryScreenBeacon.com. Um, but you can also uh, you can contact me at least uh, at Robbebe R O B A E B A E on Twitter and on Instagram. If you want to talk about this movie, I'm down always. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a StoryScreen Instagram. There's it's a StoryScreen at Story underscore Screen. Underscore beacon. underscore beacon. It's been a while, I think, since I've said that. I got out you. Loud. I got you back. <laughs> um, you can. Uh, we don't really use the Twitter account. We've got one. But, we got uh, one. If you if you contact us on it, though, we'll we it. will see it we're and see we will it. talk to you. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you want to, and also, hey, if uh, if you like this podcast, like, share, subscribe, dog, yeah. please leave us a little review. We can always use the support. Tell us you like it, or tell yeah. us what you don't like about it. That's cool too. Yeah, we we're like, always we like constructive to, feedback. We're always looking to be better. Yes. 
Um, and if you're looking to see a movie, you can go check one out at Story Screen in Beacon. Yeah. It's a 45 Main Street, Beacon, New York. Come down. Come check it out. Schedule's on Fandango. I'm always there. Bernadette's always there. Mike Burge is always there. You can come there and talk to us about movies. You can buy a t-shirt. See a movie. You can buy a fucking t-shirt. It's easy. You can do it. Easy. It's easy. What colors you got right now? Blue? We got blue and black. Blue and black. I don't what know if we have XL at the moment, need? but you know, if you ask me, we'll figure it out. Hey, if more people come in looking for XL shirts, we'll get them. Guess what's going to happen? That's true. You're going to order more. <sighs> I need the pee, Jack. All right. We got to wrap it up. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. I'm hey, Jack Kolodzewski. I'm Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Peace. Because I said something before I clapped. I'll so say like, 28 minutes-ish. So I guess do another clap. <laughs> I'll, I'll do another clap when you're ready. I am ready. You're typing. I'm typing the fucking... The, the time code. Has Mike watched The Irishman yet? <laughs> that movie is four days long. He doesn't have time for that. He will. You know him. He'll just... He'll just like won't sleep for three days. And he's just like, I've watched make, every movie. You gotta make time. Uh, he will... He will figure it out. You can't tell that boy has spent his time. I will not... He will, he will, there's a method to his madness. I will not claim to understand. Mike, cut this part out.